So this was supposed to be my last time to teach, but I decided that you hear me a lot. And uh, I've had my, my heart moved to, uh, to ask Ryan A. to speak to you tonight. Yep. Yeah, give that a hand. Give that a hand. Ryan uh, came to me, or actually came to the other pastors, and then I asked him to come tell me what, what it was in his heart. And um, he has in his heart that God's called him to itinerant ministry. And the guy has the faith to go after it. I don't have faith to go after that. I have no idea how to do that. Um, but he has the faith to go after it. And I'll tell you something about this. You, you get what you go after. Jesus said, you ask me for anything, you know, you'll have it. And um, uh, believing that God put this in his heart, uh, he also said, this is my home church, and I, I want this to be my home base. And um, listen, it's in my heart that if God gives us an army of people who have a mission and a vision and a place to go, this can be home base to all of them. So uh, that's what we want. And so, Ryan, come up here. I'm going to pray for you. Rich. Stretch out your hands here, Father. This is your Son whom you've called, whom you've anointed, whom you've blessed. Let him be free. Okay, it's here. It's here. I think something good's going to happen. Amen. I'll take that. Slosh me up before you set me up. Hallelujah. I have a couple things that I have to set up because I can be a long-winded guy. No, I know. That's why. That's why. I'm, this, these are all my safety. Safety. Uh, these are all my precautions. I've got. I've literally got a timer. I've never done that in my life. Hey, I'm obedient. Can I tell you what? Well, I, let me ask you something. Can we not have a normal night? Is that okay with everybody? Let's just keep praying. I just love to keep praying. And would you pray with me? Can it not be that I'm praying for you, but can we just pray as the bride? Can we be, can we be a unified people praying? Can we, so can we just lift up our, just our desire for, for the Lord to, to intervene? God, come, come, come. Jesus, more, more of you, more of you. Lord, let your kingdom interrupt our plans. God, come, come, Holy Spirit. God, we want the wine of your presence. We want the, the joy juice of your presence. God, come and blast us, God. Prepare our minds and our hearts in a way that we never thought possible. Lord, to receive more from you than we've even heard with our natural ears, God, that our supernatural ears would be open, God, that we would actually hear things in the spirit that we haven't heard in the natural. God, would you just go far and beyond my words tonight, Lord, and would you begin to impart things supernaturally? Come on, well, just pull on the kingdom really quick. Actually reach up and begin to pull on something, pull on something, pull on something. Let, let the desire of your heart come out, that you actually desire his kingdom to come. Because that's our desire, God, is that your kingdom would so infiltrate the kingdom of this world. God, that it would be a place worthy for you to walk through with your glorious train. Yahoo! Zoof.
You got to forgive me. I was I was drinking during worship. Hope everybody knows what that means. I don't have a flask in my Bible or anything. Man, I don't want to waste any time on introductions or anything. So for those of you who don't know us, my wife and I, Brianna, um, we... We've had the, the honor for the past few months of uh, serving under uh, Pastor Colleen, helping to pastor the exchange young adults, the, the college group, and it has been one of the best times of our life. And I just want to say thank you to all of you for allowing us to be part of your family because we feel like that. We, we felt so quickly like we came in to be, to be part of a family, and, and, and that didn't feel difficult. It didn't feel forced. It just felt like falling onto the chest of Jesus. It was just like, yeah, come lay down. It's great. I almost didn't touch on the subject that I was going to, that I'm preaching tonight. Because when I, when I talked to Alan and he said, yeah, I want you to preach the kingdom school. And I said, okay, what do you, what, what's kind of the direction that you want to go? And he said, I'm not telling you. He said, I want you to just preach whatever's burning on you. That's, those were as close to his exact words. And so, and I knew what was burning on me. This is something that I've been talking to our young adults about and pretty much everybody about for the past few months. And, and I can't get it off of me. The, 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 the hard part is that when he said, preach what's burning on you, I knew what that was. And then every single person proceeded to talk about that for the next few weeks. It's like every time he would get up, he would touch on it to some degree. Errol would come up and grab a mic and say, you know, this is just what's on my heart. And I was like, oh God, I better not even touch this subject. But what I want to talk to you tonight about is impartation, specifically as it pertains to the apostolic ministry. And I mean the necessity of impartation, like how absolutely important it is. And I want to talk about this because I think it's something that this house in particular can so powerfully, powerfully grab onto and move in. Do you believe that? I, 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 I believe that because I've seen, I've seen how this house operates. I, I've seen faith stirred up in this house. I've seen how you respond to the word of the Lord. I've, I've seen it. I've watched the Lord begin to blow something, and everybody responds. There's this immediate response, and you don't, you don't find that everywhere. And one of the things that, that, that I love that, I've, that, that we've seen in, in this house is a, a powerful but healthy prophetic people. A healthy prophetic people. And so I, I, I can never go into anything without talking a little bit just about the prophetic. There was a word that I got about uh, three years ago, and I've, and I've declared this word every single place that I've gone. And, and, and I released this word on one of the mornings that we were doing the, the, the men's uh, prayer meetings uh, with Papa Allen and um, I released this word and I sent it to him and I'm not going to go over the whole thing because it's long and it's not the point but what I want to touch on right at the beginning of this word it's rooted in the idea that the Lord is returning turning the hearts of fathers to children and the hearts of children to fathers and I'm sure that's been talked about in a million ways. 
but, but recently it meant something more to me. It wasn't just, it wasn't just, you know, this, this reconciliation thing, but it was, it was actually a movement in hearts that fathers would actually begin to desire sons again. And that, and that, and that sons and daughters would actually begin to desire fathers again. Because I'll tell you what, for, for me personally, and I have to say this carefully, I, I have a, I have a, I love my dad. Like my, my biological father and I, like we, we have relationship. But it wasn't that way for years. For years, we didn't, we didn't know each other. We actually didn't reconnect until my wedding day. He flew across the country and showed up on our wedding day and was, you know, standing there with me until the moment it was ready to go. But not, my, my dad got remarried, never had any other children. Never. And we barely ever connected. So it's not, I know that it's not in, in my dad's heart to have children. That's not a longing of his heart. And so this created this, this kind of response in me for a lot of my life to not want fathers. To not even have my heart turned in, in that direction. And something happened as we moved into this house. Is I saw, I mean, it was already happening. But we came into it, and the response was so strong. It was so easy to step into it, where we, we've, we've heard the word declared. We've seen it burning on the hearts of pastors and leaders to say, I want to go after children. I want to have sons. I want to have daughters. And, it's, and it was birthed in us to actually begin desiring and going after fathers. Like, a, we've, we've actually, like, literally made an effort to have fathers in our life. And I'm, I'm not doing the, the, the best job you could possibly do, but I'm getting there. You know, actually pursuing fathers, pursuing that on purpose, saying this is what my heart desires. And honestly, I, be, I believe that as the Lord begins to do that, it's, it's like step one, or maybe like, maybe like the first 10 steps towards multi-generational revival multi-generational revival. Because here's what happens way too often. And, and, and this happened for years. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've been a believer for about 11 years. And I, and I, you know, for the first like five of those years, I heard this every single place that I went. And it was always, you know, some guy would get up and say, this is the generation. You know, these young people are going to be the ones that are. And it was like, yeah. Wait, what about everybody else? And so I began to seek that out. And the Lord was like, I want to restore everything. I want to restore all things. Do you believe the Lord wants to restore all things? All things. And so I believe that the Lord is going after multi-generational, multi-congregational, multi-denominational revival, something that happens in the Spirit of God that literally makes us forget all of our preconceived ideas and notions about each other and all of our differences. And it just says, I just want to be with you because you love Jesus so much and you're going after what Holy Spirit is doing so hard. I have to be with you. Malachi 4, 6. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to children and the hearts of children to their fa fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. 
We read this again in, in Luke 1.7, but it's a little bit different. In Luke 1.7, it's, I'm going to turn the hearts of fathers to children. And he goes on to say, to prepare for the great day of the Lord. This is what I'm doing to get ready. And obviously, he's talking about John the Baptist. He's going to come and turn the hearts of fathers towards children to prepare, to get ready for the coming of the Lord. And so I believe just, I mean, if you'll just look at this prophetically with me for a second, I believe that what the Lord is doing even in us right now by stirring again, literally causing fathers to go, I need to go after sons and daughters. And causing sons and daughters to go, I have to go after fathers and mothers. That the Lord is preparing us for something. Right? The Lord will bless us just to bless us but because he loves us and he wants to have fun with us. But I believe the Lord also, he blesses us because of what's on the other side. He's preparing us for something. When the Lord is pouring out a blessing, he's like, see what I'm doing. See what I'm doing. I worked at a, I wasn't planning on, I'm going to throw this in there. I, I worked at a Bible store for a little while. And we would get a lot of um, grumpy Christians that would come through. And like, if the, if the cash register wasn't working or something, this is what I would hear. A sign of the times, brother. <laughs> sign of the times. Their debit card doesn't work. Oh, sign of the times, that devil. It's coming to the end. Young people don't want to use cash anymore. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so... And so I started paying attention to that. And I began to seek that with the Lord. And I was like, this, this language of the sign of the times has, I don't know what generation this happened in where everyone thought that meant like, I'm going to see the sign that everything's going to hell. But what if we were people that saw the signs and knew what time it was? And, oh, okay. I, I see signs and I see times. I see stuff moving. Oh, wow, this... This message seems to be happening over and over and over again. The Lord's preparing. I see a sign. I know that it's time for something, so I'm just going to stand in the way of it and let it, ugh, let it hit me. Does that make sense? And so I'm thinking about all of this, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm thinking, okay, the Lord is restoring, turning hearts of fathers to children and children to fathers, and I believe, and we're hearing it over and over and over again. Is this idea of impartation. And I believe it's the next, it's the next thing that the Lord wants to do to prepare us for something. And so I thank you, so you're a saint. I'll put it back here. But what if we recapture the heart of impartation? What if we recapture it? Impartation is, is in, in the simplest of terms, it's this. I fought for something. I put the work in. I bled for this, I cried for this, I went after this, and now I'm giving it to you for the cost of relationship. What, what cost me years and years and, 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 and hiding away in, the, in the, the closet with God and crying and, 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 and seeking out, I'm gonna give it to you for the cost of just come and be with me. I'm gonna give it to you for the cost of stand with me. Let me embrace you, worship next to me. That's the cost for you. And so, and so I'm thinking about uh, capturing an apostolic heart and, and encounters and, and, and going after things because there's so much testimony, especially in a house like this. I mean, every, every other interaction is testimony. And people have things that they've grabbed hold of that they've fought for. And so I'm thinking about taking that stuff and whew, releasing it into the atmosphere. Even releasing... <laughs> 
releasing to sons, and then in turn releasing to fathers. And it becomes this beautiful transactional thing. Acts 2.17, and in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. I know you know this scripture. But do you think there's any chance that it was put in that order for a reason? That this could become transactional? Here's what I'm talking about. What if we became, as a people, so rich with impartation that it began to flow both ways? That a, that a father could, could grab a son and say, I'm... I'm gonna release to you the things that I fought for. I'm gonna release vision into your life. I'm gonna release this ability to, to tap into the voice of God and to walk with, I'm gonna release this to you. And then the son goes and, and hides away and gets into a, and into a secret place and begins to cultivate it and fight for it and go into it and pursue it. And it begins to hear the voice of God and begins to see visions and goes back to the father and says, I need to impart a vision to you. And the reaction of the father is to begin to dream. Do you understand what I'm saying? What if young men have to see visions so that old men can begin dreaming dreams again? Because we, we do this, we do this. I mean, I'm, I'm only 25, guys, and I've already done this with some stuff where it's like I was dreaming about something and then, and then it's like, well, that time came. And I'm gonna, I'll just expose myself a thousand percent. I had this idea in my head that by the time I was 25, I was already gonna be like conference speaking across the world like in other countries and all this stuff. And so like I started to get to like 23, 24, and I was like, well, I guess I didn't make it. I'll just put that away. And it's like, then there's, there's people that are only a little bit younger than us who come and they're like, I had a vision. What if we went and we did this? I saw us, I saw myself going and doing this. And your immediate reaction could be one of two things, to get bitter or to get dreaming. You can either be like, well, 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 son. Let me tell you why that doesn't work. Let me just protect you. It's always protection. Let me just protect you. Instead of, I'm going to walk with you, and the vision that you've had has caused me to start dreaming. Because I, I see the vision that you see, and now it's making me think how much farther, how much deeper, how much wilder, how much more drunken, crazy, glorious it could possibly be. Come on, come on. What if it was transactional? Guys, the kingdom is built. The kingdom is built on impartation. All of life began with impartation. Because Adam, God formed Adam. He was a, he was a formed being. And to the Lord breathed into him literally gave essence of himself, imparted essence of himself, essence of his own life into Adam, and he became a living being. God says, I'm gonna give you this, and it becomes yours. Impartation becomes yours. This is, this, the whole kingdom is built on this, and the Lord began to remind me how important it was to me, because I didn't grow up in a Christian household. I didn't grow up with any grid for, for Jesus at all. And so I walk in, I walk into church, and the first church I walk into is like, yeah, we stand up, we talk about Jesus, we sit down, here's three ways to read your Bible better, go home. Like, 
that was it. That was Christian. I was like, God is real. We're singing. We go home. And then I went into, I just stepped in. I was, I was completely alone. I already didn't live with my parents. I was 15, 16 years old. And I go, I walk into a place that's exploding with Holy Ghost stuff. And I have no grid for that. I have no understanding for that whatsoever. I don't have any idea what that is. I don't know what speaking in tongues is. I'm not there to, you know, receive something. But I'm in this environment where things are completely different, where the people of God have said, yes. And I get, you ever get, you guys okay? Tell me if you've ever been, I'm just checking. I think you had a part to play for sure. And so the Lord began to remind me how much of my life, guys, it doesn't really make any sense that I'm even, not just that I'm here, right? Not like cliche, like it doesn't even, ah, it's a miracle that I'm a believer. No, no, no. Why am I standing here? What am I doing here right now? It doesn't make any sense. I came from nothing. There was no background for this. But I walked into environments where crazy stuff was happening, crazy encounters with Jesus, where powerful men and women of God were coming and releasing impartation. And I said, I want that, and I want that, and I want that, and I want some of that over there. Give me a double portion of that. Give me tenfold of that. Impartation can come from a yes. Doesn't have to come from the laying on of hands. You ever cash in on someone else's prophecy? Someone's getting like a dope financial blessing and you're like, hey. Try not to. Give me twice what you're giving them. Sean Bowles came and, and, and mentioned that. He calls it receipts. God, if you'll do it for him, if you'll do it for her, you'll do it for me. And so I'm going to grab a hold of that. Nobody taught me that. I just started doing that. I was like, Smith Wigglesworth goes up to heaven on a weekly basis? Like, I, I had no religious background to be like, well, brother. No, I was just like, I want to see heaven. I want to see the kingdom. I want to see God. That was my reality. Guys, I heard story after story after story of powerful men and women of God having face-to-face -face encounters with Jesus who would hide themselves away and they would, they would meditate on who Jesus was and they would cry out for the Father and they would see things that nobody else had seen. And I was like, I'm not going to be the nobody else. I want to be the one that sees. I want to be the one that, yeah, grabs a hold of it, drinks it, puts it on. I'll tell you about the first time I saw heaven. Because there's been, there's been multiple, but this is the only one that I could say was like, I was there. The rest of them were like visions or trances. And, and if you're freaked out by the word trance, it's there. In fact, I'd I, be so bold to say it's the only reason you're here is because Peter had a trance. I'm sure the Lord would have worked it out some way, but I'm just saying, <laughs> you're sitting here right now as a bunch of Gentiles because God was like, trance. Or as Darby puts it in the Darby translation of the Bible, I love this, he calls it ecstasy of mind. Peter went into an ecstasy of the mind. God, I can't, it's unclean. 
okay, I'll go. And, and anyway, so I'll tell you, the first time I could ride that train all day. I was in, a, I was in like a, a youth meeting. I don't know, I was probably 16, 17 years old. I'd only been saved for less than a year. And I'm in this meeting, and, um, you know, it's just a bunch of youth, and we're all kind of sitting around, just scattered throughout the whatever, and uh, people start coming up to me and laying hands on me. And, and um, I didn't ask for prayer. I hadn't asked for anything. And so I kind of, like, let people pray for a second, and I kind of got up, like, yeah, cool, I'm going to. And I went and sat somewhere else, and, and, and everyone, like, again, I didn't ask for anything. Everyone just starts coming and. So I'm like, all right, all right. I haven't been a believer that long, but I'm like, okay, receive. You know, like just move into the mode of receive. And it was like, all of a sudden, every particle of my being is shaking. And then there's a, there's a pop. And I fall. And I open my eyes. And we're not in Kansas anymore. But I'm standing in heaven, and there's these pillars, guys. There are pillars in heaven that are made of solid gold and completely see-through at the same time. Solid pillars of gold that you can see straight through. And there were these flowers. The flowers, guys. The petals on the flowers are pulled into the center of the flower by the very presence of the Lord. And I don't know how long, I mean, I thought I was there for like two minutes. I had witnesses tell me it was like, what, 40? At least 15. To me, it was like, boom, boom. And I came to, and, and I'm laying on the ground, and everyone's kind of like. And I start weeping. I started weeping and mumbling gibberish for like the next two hours. But I was weeping because I realized that I was here. Guys. Guys. There are things that you can see in in Jesus that become tangible to you. They become yours. And they completely change you. They change the way you think that it's every, it just, ah, you can't be the same because you've seen something that no one has seen and you're like, that's mine. And you grab hold of it. You lay hold of it. There are, well, there's at least one of them. There's at least one witness. There was one, Caleb was there. Stephen Haynes was also there, but he's not here. But Caleb was there and guys, there's like these, these two guys that were, that were there, you know, 10 years ago when this happens. And 10 years later, we're in a, a young adults service just over there in the youth room. And I'm preaching on this thing. And, and, and literally, I mean, it's like we have this wild, crazy encounter with God. Why? Because if, if, if it belongs to you, you can give it away. But like really, not as a concept or an idea, but it's like I've been there it's substance. Stephen caught it. It was so fun. Stephen, we sat Stephen in a chair and laid hands on him, and he was gone for like 45. Just. He's doing this with his fingers. 
And the, and the first thing he said when we asked him about it is just like, I got like flushed down a toilet. I don't know. He got like sucked through the back of his head and, and then he played a laser harp for like 30 minutes, he said. He just little, 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 <laughs> You ever taste heaven? For real. Take a taste. It's another thing we've been talking about is just, res- just restoring the, the senses, guys. Every part of you, this isn't even part of the message, every single part of you is made to encounter Jesus. Do you know that? Do you think God created any part of you that wasn't for the purpose of relationship with him? Do you think God gave you nostrils if he didn't want you to smell him first? Do you think God gave you taste buds because you weren't meant to taste of him? I mean, it's that one's in there. Taste and then see. You were given ears and eardrums because God was like, the first thing I want you to hear is the sound of my voice. No part of you was designed without encounter and relationship with him in mind. If we could begin to restore those things, and it's like I'm walking through my day and I'm in the supermarket and I'm I'm walking through the, the fish section, but I smell honey. Oh, that's the Lord. I guess that was funny, but I was being serious. Where's Caitlin? Caitlin's interaction changed my prayer. Guys, we, we, I, I preached on this thing, this impartation thing, and a week later, Caitlin comes up to me because she's a tough chick, and she goes, I haven't seen heaven yet. I hope it's okay that I'm telling your story. And so, I mean, so I was like, all right, let's pray, you know? And so we're standing and we're praying, and it's like, okay, I'm like, Jesus, you know, just take her in, God, yeah, just take her in. I just pray that you would release. And the Lord's like, the first time you went to New Life City, you needed somebody to, to lead you there. The second time you went, you were able to show someone else how to get there. You can take people to the places that you've been before. So I changed my prayer. I made, okay, I made a mistake. I'm going to confess. I made a mistake, and I closed my eyes while we were praying. <laughs> Sue me. No, I'm huge on keeping your eyes open, but this time I was just focused. And I changed my prayer, actually changed it. And I'm, we're praying with her, and I closed my eyes, and I said, all right, Abba, up. Here we come. And she's out for I don't know how long. And when she came to, she, she described to me what she saw, and it was exact things that I had seen. Heaven's not a concept, guys. There's, there's a place. There's a realm that we can actually step into, grab a hold of stuff, and take it home. I'm already close to the 30-minute mark, so I gotta, I gotta step it up. I'm gonna talk really, I'm gonna just skip ahead, and we're gonna talk about, here, here's, there's impartation, I wanna talk about apostolic impartation. Guys, this has become just wicked for me, because like I said, I focused on the prophetic for so many years, and the Lord was like, I want you to change the way that you think, and I wanna teach you some new things, I wanna teach you what it means to be an apostolic person, and, and speak to people about what it means to be an apostolic people. Here's the thing, guys, Jesus knew exactly what he was doing, when he called his, his, his disciples his apostles. He knew exactly what he was doing. And I'm gonna maybe butcher this because I haven't taken Greek, but the Greek word is apostolos. Is it long O's? 
Do you know? Apostolos. And it's a, it's a Greek, it's a militant word. And it refers to a, it, there's a lot of different kind of iterations, but it's, it all kind of gets to the same place. It refers to a, either, either a, a, a person or a group of people or even a fleet that travels and conquers land and then makes the land look like the place they were sent from. So, so they would go in and, and, and they would, you know, conquer this whatever, you know, whether it was they actually fighting these people and conquer, whether it's new land or whatever, and they would teach the people about the food and the clothing and the currency and the music and the language and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's like it's, we're going to make it look da-da-da-da-da in every single way, and Jesus knew this. He understood this word. Guys, we are his apostolos, his sent people. The other thing about, about an apostolos, I'm kind of flying through this part, but is that they, they came with full and absolute authority of the one who sent them. So if, so if you met the, the apostolos, it's like you met the emperor, the one who, who sent them on the mission. I mean, the, every word out of their mouth was like it was coming from him, 100%. We're meant to go to places and make those places look like the places we came from. Here's the catch. You have to know. You have to know where it is that you're sent from. I can't make any place smell or look like a place that I haven't been to. I have to know what it smells like before I cook it, or else it could smell rancid. And I'd be like, yeah, I think that's fine. I, I got to know what it's supposed to look like so I can make it look like that. You, he taught it. He showed it. He gave it to them. The, the kingdom is like this. The kingdom is like this. The kingdom is like this. This is what it looks like. This is what it looks like. This is what you do. Go to them and do this. Go to them and do this. Go, and, go to them and release it like this. And, and, and they were in his presence, and he released the kingdom to them. He taught them even to say, the kingdom has come near to you. I didn't put it in there, did I? Yes, I did. Luke 10. So whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will bless him. But if not, it will return to you. Guys, first of all, go into the house and, and release and if there's one there who says, I want it, it'll bless them. Be two people. Be the guy releasing and be the guy saying, yes, I want it. Skip ahead, verse nine. He says, heal the sick in it, in the, in the place that you're in, in the household, in the town, and say to them, the kingdom of heaven has come near to you. Guys, he gave them every tool, every bit of equipment to manifest the realm that he existed in. And then he said, I want you to let people know. I want you to declare it. I want it to come with the sound of your voice. The kingdom has come near to you. Everywhere that you go, I want you to, to make a mark. Everywhere that you go, make a mark, make a mark, make a mark. The kingdom came near. The kingdom came near. Here's the smell of it. Here's the taste of it. Here's what it looks like. Here's what you, boom, here's what the Father wants to do. He wants to touch you. Boom, you're healed. Boom, you, you see it. You taste it. You feel it. Boom, you're standing again. Boom, you can see. Do you get what I'm saying? Guys, everywhere that we go, we should be leaving a mark. Make it smell, taste, sound, feel. 
look like heaven, guys. This is possible. And it's not a concept, but it's substance. It's substance. Pay attention to impartation. When Malcolm Smith came, oh man, that guy. Flip. <laughs> so cool. Second to last night, and I think we're not going to be able to make it the next day. So I'm like, I'm, and so I'm, he's about to leave, and I went and I grabbed his hand. Don't be mad at me. I said, I'm not letting you go until you impart something to me. And he didn't go, what? He went, all right. And just bulldozed me with stuff. And then he pulled out a little notepad because he didn't have a phone. And he wrote down his email address and he goes, let me know what happens. <laughs> Guys, you have things to give. I said this earlier. You have things to give. You have visions. You have breakthrough. You have healing. You have visitations. You have encounters and experiences. Trances, open visions, closed visions, words in, in the middle of the night. Guys, you have this stuff. You have it. Get it all over each other. Just start getting it on. People. Guys, sometimes I walk around during worship just hoping that I might brush up against someone and they'll get my stuff and I'll get their stuff. And some people start thinking about, well, don't lay hands too suddenly, brother. Nobody's talking about ordaining everybody. That's what Paul was talking about to Timothy. He wasn't talking about, oh, you might catch someone's demons. No, he was just saying, don't ordain people too quickly. Let them grow. But man, get your hands on each other. Rub, rub some shoulders with people. Get some oil on you. Cry out for the wine of God to just slosh your meeting and just, ah, let's all drink together. Let's share our Holy Ghost germs or whatever. <laughs> Here's the thing, and I'm going to try to cover this in five minutes. Guys, what if we threw off pride? What if we just, ah, heck with it. What if we threw off our pride, and, and every time that we heard a story from, from anybody at any age, anyone, we heard a story, and it was like, your reaction wasn't, well, that's never happened to me. But it was just, I want that. I'm having it. I need that. Just lay your hands on me and just give me that. What you just said. No, no, no. Don't tell it again. Just lay your hands on me and give it to me. Just the story. Yeah, the breakthrough. Lay your hands on me. I want it. Yeah, that visitation that you had. Give it, give it to me. I want it. Here I am to receive it. Guys, what if we threw off our pride and every story literally became an opportunity to hear it and say, yes. And then you go home and you get into the secret place and you cultivate it and you build it and you cry out for it. Alan mentioned it a little bit with, with uh, uh, Bill Johnson out of Bethel. And I know a part of this story. And he says that they weren't seeing miracles. They weren't seeing. And so he went to a place where it was happening. He was like, I want it. I'm going to go where it's happening. And he said, yep. And then he went home. So... Guys, what are you just, just, yes. Yeah. That. I want it. I saw it and it's mine. I want it now. Guys, you can have anything. Anything that is available to anyone in the kingdom is available to you. Nobody else's breakthrough is your lack. Hear me on that. Nobody else's breakthrough is your lack. There's no lack in the kingdom. If, 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 Guys, if Charlie gets freaking a million dollars dumped on him, it's not like, well, that's a million dollars I'll never have. 
The bank account of God is unlimited. The encounter, the love, and, and the absolute adoration of the Father over you is unlimited. And he's saying, just get, get in the midst of one another and explore me. Come and explore me. I'm, I'm in love with you. I'm so, just come and grab a hold of me. Impartation says, this got me here, and now this is your starting mark. Go. So I fight for it, and I'm going to, and I fight for it, and, the, and, and, it, and I get here, and then this is where I give it to you, and you take it, and it gets you here, and then you give it to someone for the price of relationship, and it, they go wherever they're going to go. but I'm praying for an apostolic culture to flood this place. Guys, I tell you the truth. I have seen Jesus Christ. I have seen him with my own eyes. I was, another time I was, I was, I was just in prayer and I was just meditating on him and I was, I went somewhere. And, I, and, I, and in this, 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 transient kind of vision and I fall on my knees in gravel and in dirt and I can feel it under my kneecaps and I look up and there's Jesus on the cross unrecognizable and he looks at me and he says through gritted teeth he says they must know that I love them They must know. And I'm here. Guys, I want this to be the norm for my kids. I want to get all the stuff. I want that. I want that. I want that. And I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to cultivate it. And I'm going to impart it to my children so that where they go by the time they're my age is something I could have never even imagined. I want my children in the Lord to go places that I never could have even dreamed because I grabbed a hold of impartation. I got myself in environments where, where miracles are breaking out and, and people are being healed and set free and delivered and convicted of sin and falling in love with Jesus and grabbed it and said, that's mine and taking it to places, cultivating it in my own home. So my children grow up in a space where if they have a prophetic dream, they can walk into the kitchen and say, daddy, this is what I saw. And I'm like, boom, we're going to explore that and you're going to go farther. You're going to see more. You're going to see more. You're going to see more. I want them to, to walk into a church where here, thank God, miracles are the norm. It's like, yeah, a miracle happened, of course. I want that to be my children's reality across the board. It's like, of course God speaks. Of course, I could go up right now. I've seen heaven. It's, it's accessible to me. And it's not like, okay, we're going to do a class and here are five steps on how to see heaven. How does a child get into its father's lap? Papa, up. So, so how often do you just say, Abba, up. I want to be with you. I want to sit with you.
just touch my taste buds. Let me taste. Let me just. And then it doesn't stop there. Then you come back. And you. Guys, are you, are you with me? Do you get what I'm saying? I'll end with this, I promise. Part 41. This is one of my favorite quotes in the whole world. This is Smith Wigglesworth in his book, Dare to Believe. He says, I'll tell you, I've never seen a man get anything from God who prayed on the earth. If you get anything from God, you'll have to pray into heaven, for it is all there. If you are living in the earth realm and expect things from heaven, they will never come. He understood this idea. I've, I've got to go up and, and pray with Papa towards the earth. I have to release from heaven towards the earth. I can't be a, I'm not an earthbound person begging. No, you've got dual citizenship now. You exist in multiple realms. Start operating in multiple realms, guys. What if we're a people that are constantly operating in multiple realms at a time? I'm operating in the earth realm. I'm operating with my, I've got it, my citizenship in heaven. And I've got a papa who wants me to come sit on his lap and, and get whispered into my ear. And I'm going to receive things from heaven. And I'm going to bring them back for the people around me. And I'm going to change culture. I'm actually going to be not just impart to people, but impart to atmosphere. Guys, do you know that your voice, the very tone of your voice, can change atmospheres if you'll begin to declare things we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our. What happens when you testify over and over and over and over again? It becomes substance. It becomes so real. Nothing can. Guys, I've told the heaven story to myself a million times. No one in the world is going to convince me I haven't seen heaven. When my wife and I got married, we got married right into ministry together. Right into ministry together. She hadn't seen heaven. She hadn't seen what I had seen. But I'm preaching a service one night, and we used to have these easels set up on the side. And people would just paint while I was preaching or during worship or whatever. And, and one night, somebody holds up this painting, and they're like, oh, look at that. And I said, who? I, guys, I almost fainted. And I said, who did that? And my wife said, well, I, I painted that. This is the closest earthly representation to the flowers that I saw in heaven that I've ever seen. She painted what I saw nine years prior, eight years prior. Why? We became one, and what was mine became hers. And what I saw with heavenly eyes became an impartation of natural artwork on a canvas, projected for everyone to see. Guys, we could change the whole atmosphere. The whole atmosphere. Even when we come into a place of worship, guys, this corporate place of worshiping Jesus, are you coming to see if maybe by the end of it you have an encounter or are you showing up from encounter and saying, I'm gonna bring this encounter into the corporate body and you bring your encounter and you bring the flavor and I'll bring the smell and begin to declare it to the air. Guys, the entire atmosphere in this place, this is what the Lord is doing. 
He wants us to understand impartation, that we might constantly impart to one another and impart to the atmosphere to begin to grab a hold of things even before we come into a corporate meeting of any kind, to go into the secret place, to go up, say, Abba, here I come. And you get a vision of God. You sit with the Lord. You hear his voice. You take something and you come in and you go, man, wait till uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning. And we show up and we just start releasing it. We just start releasing it, start pouring it out. You come into a place, they're playing the music before the the announcements are even going and you're sitting there and you're sitting there and you're releasing it. You're releasing it. You're releasing it. You're getting hands on the person next to you. Guys, we got to become a little bit more comfortable with each other. Start loving on each other a little bit because you're spending eternity with each other. So, gosh, stop trying to be so politically correct. Touch each other. Just, hey, brother, last night I had this dream. Just, ah. Sometimes, I, you guys ever seen me? I sling this thing around my neck sometimes, and I wear it to worship, and I get oil on my hands because I'm like, man, if anybody, <laughs> if you touch me, you're out. Woo! I'm going to get it on you. Why oil? Because you can't get it off. It gets on you and you're just greasy. God wants us to be greasy with presence, guys. And I'm serious. It has to be not an idea, substance. Maybe you just breathe on somebody, guys. I know that's another ministry team thing. Don't blow on people for kicks and giggles. But here's what I'm saying. You might just be talking to somebody and just brush your teeth and use breath mints. But guys, you might just breathe on somebody and they catch Something, Jesus did this in so many ways. Hands, words, mud, spit. Go rinse yourself. I'm going to kick you. Come embrace me. Come grab the hem of my garment. Peter's garment was healing people. Guys, you've got it all over you. You are soaked with encounter and testimony. And it's time that we start releasing it in the atmosphere. Stand with me really quick. Stand up. Just stand up for a second. I want to, I want to take a huge risk. I want to get Risque in Holy Ghost. Should I say you? Oh boy, yeah, blah blah blah. Serebe parto, semjerebe, blah 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 blah. Just start drinking of Jesus, and not like, oh, this is a funny concept. We drink. No, 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 no. Shove your hand up there, grab the spigot on the end of the barrel, and knock it, pull it off, and let let the presence of God. Fill your gullet. Guys, here's what I'm going after tonight. Here's what we're going to do. I want to do a two-part kind of thing, really, really quick. So whatever you have to do, if, if it is standing, if you got to sit back down, if you have to lay down, whatever it is, just get into a posture of, of receiving right now. Like five seconds. Just get into a posture of receipt. Whatever that posture looks like for you, and you get into a place of, of, just, of just receiving. And just, just, just reach, just reach, just reach, Papa. Papa, 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 Abba, up. Here we come. Jesus, here we go. In Jesus' name, I just release visitations, visions right now, an encounter right now. God, open our eyes up. Open our eyes up. Open our eyes up. Come on, just, just say it. Say it to yourself. You don't have to, everybody shout it. Just say it. Abba, here I come. Abba, up. Abba, I want to sit with you. Come. Here we come, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God. Here we come. 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 Here we come, up, up, up. Here we come, up, 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 up. With you, the taste, the smell, the sound. Gotta hear the voice. We need you. Come. Here we come. Up, 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 Abba, up, Abba, up, Abba.